I am your host, Uncle K, and welcome to the Today in the World podcast, where I connect the dots and try to make some sense of the world. It is Thursday, the 14th of January, 2021, and today, Black Lives Matter is silent as blacks continue to be killed by the police, physicists figure out how to harness energy from black holes, banking group HSBC will steal your money if you don't wear a mask, and I'm looking at the real reasons why central banks are deploying negative interest rates. Here's what you missed today in the world. I'm sure you guys have noticed in the news recently that Donald Trump is being impeached again. Even Joe Biden. People are looking to impeach Joe Biden on this first day, you know. And there's a lot of uh, talk about the army in the White House, the National Guard being deployed, all of that kind of stuff. And you know what? I'm not even going to address it because... I don't want to play into the hands of the media cartel that is controlling our perception at the moment, you know, because I always talk about the demise of the US happening slowly. But the truth is, is that the headlines that I'm seeing right now, the things that are currently going on, and I'm not going to get into it, um, but they are actually accelerating this demise that I'm talking about. They're, they're, they're initiating the breaking of America, you know, it's going to be completely different. So. Instead of talking about all that nonsense right now, because it's, it's just, it's just you know, just clout chasing, you could call it. I want to highlight the fact that Black Lives Matter, you know, that fake black organization, they have been completely silent on real social issues lately, which for me proves that they only show up when it's time to divide a nation, like what the media are doing right now. And I say that because... It's come to my attention that a police station has been set on fire after the death of a black man in Brussels. RT News reports. What started as a peaceful protest abruptly spiralled into a violent standoff between demonstrators and police on Tuesday. Several hundred protesters, including relatives and friends of a deceased young man identified as Ibrahima Barry, went to a square in front of the Brussels North Police Department to demand answers about the death of the 23-year-old. Despite riot police being deployed to the scene, law enforcement struggled to contain the rioters. Closer to evening, the crowd managed to set a local police station on fire. There are conflicting reports about the circumstances of his arrest. The Brussels Prosecutor's Office told local media that the young man sought to avoid a police check. His family says he was arrested because he filmed another police check on his phone. Upon arrival at the police station, he suddenly felt unwell and passed out. Officers tried to resuscitate him and eventually called an ambulance. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. The family's lawyers say police were negligent and left Barry unconscious for at least five minutes before taking any action. So an investigation has been opened that, come on, we all know it's not going to lead to any real answers. And the circus will continue. My thing is now, where the hell is Black Lives Matter? Where is the outcry? I had to like go to their website. I don't even support them like that. But I had to go to their website and see, what are you guys doing? You know, and there's no mention of nothing that's going on right now. They're talking about um, some incident that happened a couple of weeks ago in America, that one incident. And I don't understand why they just gravitate to these 
these simple instances of injustice when there's mad, crazy stuff happening right now all around the world, you know, but they just seem to like just turn a blind eye to that. You know, I don't understand because when it was George Floyd, you had millions of social media posts showing solidarity, you know, with Black Lives Matter. And now you've got nothing. I don't like, I'm acting like I don't understand, but I do understand, you know, I do understand. And let me explain to you what I mean. Yeah. Now, if you can tell from the sound of my voice, you probably can. I am a black man. I was raised in a particular type of way that gave me a heightened awareness of racism and police brutality. So when these fake activists talk about Black Lives Matter, it actually irritates me, you know, because it's like the equivalent of when a celebrity starts throwing up gang signs as a fashion statement to gain clout and fans, you know, and then you've got real gang members who are forced to live that life and they have died, their family have died, their parents have died for, for, for those causes, you know. And then you've got these singers and rappers that just belittle it and use your whole ethos as a fashion statement. It's the same thing right now with these Black Lives Matter activists, these fake activists. There's no substance behind anything that they do. You know, the vast majority of people, let me say, you know. And it is just a form of virtue signaling that the media cartel have basically provided to us so that us angry ass black people can add to the division between blacks and white so that we remain distracted from the real enemy who actually don't give two shits about what color you are. He just wants to control you. Now, because of the power of Black Lives Matter, us blacks are, you know, that much easier to manipulate now. You know, we gravitate towards this powerful institution and it dictates our perception and black lives do matter of course they matter and if you don't understand why people are gravitating towards that slogan it's probably because you know your own perception of the world is being controlled you know and with that i gotta say now that white people particularly trump supporters are also being manipulated in the exact same way as blacks right now look at the headlines today just just understand what's happening. This is designed to make you guys angry and violent, which is exactly the aim of the media cartel. You know, Trump supporters, you guys, you can say all you want about why you love Trump and all of that kind of stuff. But one thing is for sure is that his, pre- his presidency has added to the current division that we are seeing in the world right now. And my thing is, like, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm more interested in what's happening to all of us on a global scale right now. And I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm not saying, you know, we need to forget about all the atrocities that have been done to us in the past as blacks. I'm saying we need to address that when the time comes. Right now, we've got bigger fish to fry. And our enemy is actually laughing at us right now because he's pulling our strings like puppets, making us so angry at each other while they just continue to get away with murder and more. You know, they've been doing this type of stuff to blacks and whites and other races for years, you know. And in my opinion, it's time that we get control of our minds back and work towards finding solutions to our wider issues, you know. White people and you MAGA fans out there, I'm going to talk to you guys directly now because I know you guys listen, I look at the stats and I appreciate it. But I want you guys to understand something and I hope from seeing how the media cartel is treating you guys right now that you may start to to realize the struggles that black people have been facing since we were stolen from our lands and sold around the globe 
You know, so do me a favor. And when you see blacks, try to be a little more understanding of the pain they've gone through. And I'm going to end this segment with an ancient proverb that I think is more important now than any other time in history. And that is, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Take that in and digest it. UK customers who refuse to wear masks inside HSBC banks will be refused service and may have their accounts closed. The threat was not well received, particularly given HSBC's criminal history. The corporation's head of branch network for the UK argued bank workers deserve respect and should not have to face violent or abusive behaviour which is obviously an excuse to justify this heavy-handed approach for getting customers to wear masks in the first place. He also encouraged customers to stay home and to use HSBC's digital banking tools rather than going out to the bank. Most of HSBC's main competitors, including Santander, Lloyds and NatWest, subsequently informed customers on Wednesday that they too will not be served if they walk into a bank branch without a mask. However, Of the other banks questioned by the Mirror, only Barclays explicitly affirmed its right to close accounts if customers, quote, act aggressively towards colleagues, close quote. So, these days there's hardly any news that can still really surprise me. But I'm not going to lie, this article did give me that shock effect because mask wearing in the UK is not legally enforceable. But then seeing that it is HSBC, you know, the criminal organization behind this, made it make more sense. And now, just for clarity, when I say that mask wearing isn't legally enforceable, I mean that there's no law broken if you decide not to wear a mask. Is it a civil issue? Is it a criminal issue? These guys, I don't think they even know. You know, these mask wearing mandates are more like guidelines than a mandatory rule. Now, what HSBC is proposing, from what I can see, on the government website is outright illegal. Now, don't get me wrong, abusing staff and that kind of stuff is a separate issue. And this is where it gets a bit, you know, technical. But refusing service and stealing your money because you're not wearing a mask is just straight criminal. You know, if you check on the UK government website right now, it doesn't say anything about needing to be medically exempt not to wear a mask. That's just HSBC making up laws and relying on the fact that most people haven't got a clue about the law and they just get scared into submission. But on the government website, what it actually says in plain English is that whatever your exemption reason is, you do not need to routinely show evidence of this. You do not need to speak to your doctor about it or seek medical advice or request any kind of doctor's letter. You do not need to show an exemption card, which means... None of this mask-wearing stuff that they're talking about is enforceable. In fact, you can literally just download an exemption card from the government website if you wanted to. So, yeah, if you don't know why I keep referring to banking institutions as criminal organisations, it's because of things like this. You know, they act like they're above the law. I'm a bit sick of it, and this article kind of shows it in black and white. Looking at the crypto and financial news now, we've got Bitcoin, which has gained back its momentum, trading just under $39,500. It's up 13%, looking very, very good. Regained back all those losses, institutional investment back up, and yeah, back on a roll to 40k upwards. 
Most likely, hopefully, who knows? Ethereum trading at $1,200, up 13%. XRP is down 1%, trading at just under 30 cents. I don't know how they're holding that position. Polkadot is up 22%, trading at just under $13. Litecoin is trading at $153, up 11%. Bitcoin Cash is trading at $530, up 11%. Cardano is up 9%, trading at $0.31. Cents. Stellar is trading at $0.30, cents, up 5%. Chainlink is up 7% and is trading at just under $17. Now, looking at some Bitcoin news, specifically Pakistan has been the latest country to take advantage of the financial opportunities on Bitcoin. Local media reported the KP government has set up two state-owned Bitcoin mining farms to help boost the economy. The province, which has since legalized crypto mining, will be mining Bitcoin for profit. BOL News, a local media organization, reported. No details were actually given about the capacity of the mining farms, nor the funds that the state intends to invest in the project. Now, I don't know if you saw the news about the blackout that happened. I'm just wondering if that had anything to do with it, you know, because they lost power in the whole country. And the strange thing is they still don't know or, you know, they still don't know how how it happened, you know. They, they have no indication. They're just saying, like, it was a technical fault, you know. Either way, they just better make sure that they have the energy to pull this off or they're going to find out it's not going to be very profitable at all. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that the Bank of England governor, Andrew Bailey, hinted that negative interest rates might be coming to the UK very soon. And if you don't know already, that uh, negative interest rates have actually been tested in a trial run in Sweden for a few years now, two to three years. The European Central Bank has also kept rates at 0% for most people, but they also have already started charging some of its clients with large deposits above €200,000 with the same negative rates. So the question becomes, well, why are central banks doing this? Why should businesses and institutions alike, you know, need to be charged to hold money in the bank. That doesn't make sense. The commonly adopted answer is that central banks always lower interest rates to stimulate the economy during times of hardships so that banks are incentivized to sell loans to businesses and that sort of thing to stimulate the economy and get things going. You know, money in the bank means no one is spending. If no one's spending, then money doesn't circulate and the economy dies. No one wants that. So, Money is literally created to get things moving. All the while, your purchasing power continues to diminish as a result of this, which says a lot about this Ponzi scheme we like to call a financial system. The problem for me now, which makes this whole thing a bit confusing, is businesses are shutting down at the moment at an unprecedented rate. Unemployment is at record highs everywhere. It doesn't seem logical to think that you can continue to lower interest rates to stimulate the economy right now. That doesn't make any sense. The only thing that can stimulate the economy right now is to open back up, you know, end lockdowns. A three-year-old could figure this out. So what could be the other reasons for this? I had to watch some Kaiser report on RT News with uh, Max and Stacey. And I recommend you, you watch them as well. They're really insightful. And I realize what it is. You know, remember the new Bretton Woods moment or Agenda 21 the whole Great Reset conspiracy, that's not really a conspiracy, but something the IMF and the World Economic Forum and other global institutions have been talking about for years. Well, 
It turns out they could literally be simply just, you know, lowering interest rates to crash the economy under the pretense of stimulating it. And then guess what happens after that? They get their Bretton Woods moment they've been asking for, you know, and more authoritarian dictator-like decisions can be made by bankers to save the economy. Remember what I said yesterday? Problem, reaction, solution. It's the same thing here. Bankers more than anyone can clearly see that this Ponzi scheme is up now, you know? This, the game's up, it's finished. Ponzi schemes are inherently flawed, and they know this. At some point, the whole, the, you know, the, the, how do I say it? The people at the bottom of the pyramid, they grow so large that there's only a couple of people left at the top still making money, and the system doesn't work anymore. Bankers are smart. They, they should know this. They do know this, you know? This is why Bitcoin is growing as well. You know, the global economy right now is being attacked from every single angle and we're going down a path we definitely can't come back from. But I could be completely wrong as usual with all of this stuff. It's all, I want to stay objective. I want to stay true to, to the real understandings and not really just follow my ego and want to be right. One thing I do know is that the bankers can't be trusted. I don't I don't trust anything that they're doing. It's, it's almost like trusting a banking institution is like, trusting uh, a mafia mob that has murdered your whole family and then tells you they won't do it ever again and that they're sorry. Like, like get out of my face. You just killed my family. I don't want to see you. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the way I look at liars, you know? So, yeah, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Um, but if you have another suggestion or you think that, you know, that maybe I'm wrong here, but I might be right somewhere else, you know, message me on Instagram, Facebook or something and let's discuss. Some news on tech advancements for you here now. Futurism reports that physicists are figuring out how to harness energy from black holes. The article reads, Powering future human civilizations in deep space will be no easy feat. But thanks to new research, there might be a highly efficient way to harness the highly energetic particles emanating from black holes to help human colonists keep the lights on. According to a new study by researchers from Columbia University, we could theoretically extract energy from black holes by harvesting charged plasma particles escaping from the event horizon, the boundary beyond which no light can escape. Luca Comiso Research scientist at Columbia University and first author on the study explained in a statement, quote, Black holes are commonly surrounded by a hot soup of plasma particles that carry a magnetic field, close quote. He continues to say, open quote, Our theory shows that when magnetic field lines disconnect and reconnect in just the right way, they can accelerate plasma particles to negative energies and large amounts of black hole energy can be extracted, close quote. Felipe Asenjo, professor of physics at the University of Chile, said, quote, We calculated that the process of plasma energi energization can reach an efficiency of 150%, much higher than any power plant operating on Earth, close quote. So it's nice to see some technological developments that aren't completely centered around China for once, you know, no offense to the Chinese, but it is what it is. But uh, this is the thing, man. I keep talking about advancements in technology right now, and it is going to change everything we do and how we live. This is why going forward, we have to start adopting a mindset of endless possibilities. 
You know, especially in a time like this where people are acting hopeless. Me personally, regardless of what you see happening in the world, I'm full of hope because I've been looking at what people have been up to. These scientists and program programmers and uh, other libertarians, you know, have been at work. They've been busy. So I've, I've found a lot of reasons to be hopeful, to be honest, because things that I didn't know about the world and things that were being done is coming to light. And they're things that can definitely help our cause, you know? Um, so yeah, this is just one example of something that can, later down the line, provide some solutions to current problems and future problems that we are going to have. That marks the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you like what you hear, please follow on the social media. It is The link should be in the description somewhere. And I want to leave you guys with a quote that I've already said, but I want to say it again. And I will leave you with this. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Remember that moving forward, people. Don't let your ego get in your way. Don't let the media control your perception of what's going on or what's important right now. You've got to stay focused. And if you do want your freedom and it is important to you, then you will understand why staying focused and not letting your ego be controlled by the media is so important right now, you know? So I'll leave you with that. I'll be back tomorrow with more news. Peace.